I'm sorry that I made us take a two-week break <laughs> because of my incompetence. Hey, you know what? We're all used to it, so it's fine. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, boy. Cameron, have you ever seen a movie called We're Back? Because that's what we are right now. We're <laughs> back. Dinosaurs? Yeah, the dinosaurs. That <laughs> dumb, weird animated movie called We're Back. That's how I feel uh, right now. I've never seen it, but somehow I know it very intimately. Uh, very intimately? Yeah. Did, Cameron, did you fuck a VHS cassette tape? And um, if you did, I, I don't know I was know more where. of a... Ooh, I don't remember what it's called. What's the whoopee one? Oh, uh, is that the one where the Tyrannosaurus Rex is also a cop? He's... Yeah. It's, Isn't it called like Officer Rex, Rex or something? But he's like not that big and he is a police officer. It, it's called like Officer Rex or something? Is that... It's something <laughs> like that, right? What a weird and movie. Then of, of, of course, there was the Dinosaurus TV show, which I actually did watch quite a bit mm, oh uh i'm the baby gotta love me yeah I, not the yeah i saw that or yeah yeah also um land of the lost that had dinosaurs hmm. in it oh nathan i just watched land before time for the first time in probably 20 years ducky and uh that is like the saddest bleakest um like most surreal movie i've ever seen is it surreal yeah, just like a lot of it's just like the colors and the music. Um, Wait, is it a like, Dom DeLuise movie? Uh, do, you, do you mean Dom Bluth? Maybe I do mean Dom Bluth. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Then if, if that's what you mean, then yes. <laughs> oh, it is a Dom Bluth movie. Yeah, like All Dogs Go to Heaven, which is also incredibly sad and bleak and surreal. Yeah, or um, isn't uh, American Tale? Yes, and a se- the Secret of Nim also. Nathan, what are we here to do? Cameron, I was going to do that. That was going to be my bit. I was going to say, "Hey, Cameron, what's the <laughs> show about?" <laughs> this is called. You, you can cut that all out. This is called. Ahem, now this. This is called. Think outside the box. We're set. back. We're Fuck. back. <laughs> Subtitle: colon, We're back. Uh, it's a podcast about learning to appreciate an artist that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed, and. It's been a while since we recorded, and we are loosey-goosey. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, apologies are in order from me to y'all, mm. because I, it's festival season, I'm a professional musician, and um, that is my excuse for not uh, being able to schedule with anybody um, for anything, and that's why we had to take two weeks off. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but... It's it's only have one more festival. I think we can work around it and then I'll be home for the foreseeable future and pretty consistent. So, yeah. Sorry. I think we're I not doing you. that bad. I think we've only ever skipped like 2 weeks for Christmas ever before, and that includes all the time you were in Australia and everything. So, I think our track record's still that pretty is insane good. insane that we like <laughs> kept doing this show while i was in australia yeah. <laughs> for nine weeks it's crazy i can't believe you pulled that off oh, <laughs> you of boy. all people yeah uh yeah. so a l- i <laughs> yeah, got me yeah you um i have a little bit of follow-up that i want to uh mm. bring to the table cameron i want to tell you something i did the math i did the monster math that's right <laughs> 
you remember <laughs> my strange addiction by billy eilish in which yes. she uh dropped the fact that she has seen the entire run of the series the office 12 times all the way through right Bef- and that is her strange addiction that's her strange addiction strange yeah addiction. and this yeah. is all before she's turned 18 right so she's 17 years old and so i was like huh i wonder how much time that is and Cameron, I'm here to tell you, Billie Eilish has spent at least 926 hours and 48 minutes watching The Office. Oh, my God. And that's only counting the time she spent watching the series all the way through. I'm not counting, like, various random episodes here or there. So, wow. almost a 1,000 hours. Huh. Is that what they call it? How many the days tipping is point? that? Well, you just take 926 don't, divided don't by 24. <laughs> that's about 40 days. <laughs> N- wow. nearly 40 days that's like with n- jesus in the desert <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean she is kind of the the new messiah she's the second coming so. yeah 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 the the, the gen z's messiah <laughs> exactly yeah i don't mean that to be derogatory i think she's cool and very and very young and messianic uh, in yeah. a way that i will never be and makes me feel old <laughs> she's young in a way that you will never be i guess that's true yeah. but stated yeah. in a profoundly odd way what <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you saw the 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 notes, uh, the show notes for that episode, but usually in our show notes, there's like a kind of r- random synopsis where you know it'll say like Cameron does this, and it'll reference something in the interv- uh, in the show, and Nathan does this, and then sometimes the artist that we're covering does this, and uh, and it just said Cameron is old, Nathan is old. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's about right. <laughs> She's not even yeah. 18. She's 17 years old. That's crazy, yeah. Cameron. But we're not here to talk about Billie Eilish. We're here to talk about Bob Marley. Yes. We're covering Bob Marley's fifth album, Catch a Fire, which means go to hell. Yes, it does. I read that on the Wikipedia. This is also and the first, probably of the like the, the first of, of the classic Bob Marley era, I would say. This is the Stir It Up one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by that, he means there's the song Stir It Up on this album. And it's, yes. it's a very popular song. And Cameron's even played the bass line on a banjo with Carlos Jones, who you heard last last week. Yeah, I forgot to specifically tell him that, like, hey, you know, uh, as, as, a, as a white person playing <laughs> an instrument uh, invented by, by black people, um, it... Uh, which is already uh, a little sensitive for me. <laughs> Not that my <laughs> needs are the most important or my sensitivity. Cameron, let's make it all about you. Saying, let's, let's please I'm make it about pushing you. It. Um, but to be, to be invited by um, a black person to play reggae uh, with, with them uh, is like pretty amazing and like a huge honor and something that I wouldn't uh, try to do um, without explicit permission and encouragement. So getting in that little party to play some reggae songs with Carlos, it was just like, you know, kind of like a big deal for me. It was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. That was around the wedding time. Carlos played some songs for the rehearsal dinner and then he had Cameron join in on banjo and it was great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it was great. Yeah. And they played that, that song stir it up, which we'll talk about on this album. Um, so also, for those of you who are just joining us, like, you know, Bob Marley's not obscure. <laughs> also, and I, if you're you, just joining us, I apologize for all the, the 10 minutes of bullshit that we've done about Land Before Time before never getting to the <laughs> camera. I'm, about I'm, Dom okay. DeLuise and his, <laughs> and his spooky drawings. <laughs> yeah, Dom DeLuise, you know. 
yeah. <laughs> um, I'm bad with names. <laughs> I still can't tell Kevin Hart and Kevin James apart. <laughs> no, they're so different. <laughs> they're both, they got the same name. How do I know which is which? Yeah. <sighs> okay, so the, the reason we're covering Bob Marley. Yes. Um, at least in, within the mission statement of our show is... Um, because Bob Marley and reggae culture in general has sort of been co-opted by a lot of um, pretty shallow people. And we're trying to get to the bottom of like, what is this music actually? And what does it mean to the people who made it? um, Versus uh, what does it mean to the people who um, just are kind of hungry for this uh, shallow image of it? Mm -hmm. So, and we were, uh, I think, really set on the right path last week with, um, with Carlos. And so hopefully uh, that will last and we won't go too far astray. And uh, I don't know, maybe we can have him on again. Maybe after, (laughs) maybe on the last episode or something, or do a retrospective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Or maybe we can just replace me with him and he'll be the new (laughs) (laughs) co-host. Yep. Uh, actually, speaking of Carlos, uh, he has a Kickstarter that he recently began to fund his new album. So oh, hell yeah. If, uh, if y'all out there in listener land have a hankering to support some great reggae by independent musicians, um, we'll drop a link in the show notes for you. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. So Catch a Fire, 1973. This is their first album of new recordings since, uh, what was it? Soul Revolution, which was two years previous. Like, like we talked about, uh, on the last week's episode, it, it was released last week, but for us, it was three weeks, three weeks ago when we recorded it. So it's so long ago, we've forgotten everything about it. But what we did talk about was, uh, the best of the whalers was recorded previous, like it was their second album chronologically, but released fourth. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of a, a odd throwback. So this is their, their, they're back in their sort of uh, chronological, chronological progression now. And we see their development and, uh, they do develop here. They, they're starting to get into that, that Bob Marley and the Whalers sound that makes them yeah. international stars. Yeah. This, this album is great. Yeah. I There's enjoyed only, it. only, uh, eight or nine songs depending on which version. Um, but, uh, the production is incredible. Like there's, there's definitely been like a crusty sound in the past four albums. And this one sounds super crisp. Um, there's a really isolated stereo image. Um, maybe I better break that down really quickly. So y'all know about like, uh, stereo sound, meaning like you have a left and a right. And when you have a song or a TV show or whatever, um, uh, you can have certain things happen just in the left or just in the right or somewhere in between. And people call that a stereo image. Um, meaning it gives the illusion of, um, you know, the different instruments or sounds happening in different areas, like different areas in the space. So Mm -hmm. that's called a stereo image. Um, and it is difficult to create a really distinct stereo image, um, unless you record everything with isolation, um, which can be difficult because then you have to have everyone in like either with like big dividers up or in separate rooms, like soundproof rooms with, uh, with glass, um, so that they can see each other. And you have to like, there's all these obstacles, uh, that get in the way of like creating that kind of stereo image. Um, and I think a lot of them are kind of resource based, like what kind of recording setup do you have? And Mm -hmm. I think, 
long time ago, everyone used to sort of all record live um, and then maybe do a couple overdubs, which I'm sure was even more difficult with uh, actual um, analog tape instead of doing oh, yeah. digital recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, it is noteworthy that this album sounds so crisp. Like when you hear the parts, and you should really go listen to it. It is on Spotify. But when you hear the parts, like it's like, okay, this, gu- this guitar is clearly like, you know, at a like 45 degree angle, you know, to the left in the stereo image. And like, you can't hear that voice anywhere else in the image. Like it's just so clearly right there. And because it, each voice is so isolated, they're able to make everything super loud and clear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very immersive to listen to in a way that was just like a lot more engaging. I love live you know, recordings and that sound a lot too. Mm-hmm. But um, there's like, when you have that level of isolation, it you're really taking advantage of recording and what recording can do mm-hmm. in a way that you can't experience live yeah um actually wikipedia has a whole section about that and uh talks about some of the overdubs and some of the backing musicians that were not credited in the liner notes um, hmm. including some of the mu- muscle show shoals session players robbie shakespeare plays bass on uh, one of these songs uh robbie shakespeare yeah oh i i did notice that um so uh, a big new player in this uh, uh, in this album is the clavinet. Um, like that's like a big voice on this on this album that we haven't heard yet. Mm-hmm. The clavinet is a keyboard um, instrument uh, that has this like kind of harpsichordy. It's like an electronic harpsichord sound. Um, you'll often hear it in. Um, it's very superstitious, right? St- yeah, it's a very, it's a very superstitious sound. <laughs> um, it. Yeah, or um, can take you to higher ground Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes. It has that effect. Uh, Stevie Wonder plays it all the time. Um, And you'll hear it in this. uh, And I did notice that the clavinet is by John Rabbit Bundrick. And I thought that it was nice that now there is a bunny and a rabbit uh, (laughs) in this album. (laughs) So... Uh I don't know if that does anything for anyone else, but I appreciated that. Well, got it wasn't a, lost on me. Their powers combine, and now all, all of a sudden it's a bunny rabbit. Yeah. Which, when you think about it, is a little redundant. Sniffle, sniffle. These dumb kids running around saying bunny rabbit. They're wasting so much time. <laughs> they, they should just choose one or the other. Come on, kids. It's like twice as many syllables. It's too much. <laughs> the line yeah. must be drawn somewhere. <laughs> hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, I derailed us. What were we talking about? Mm, we're talking about stereo images. We're talking about. Oh, we're talking about Catch uh, a how Fire. Clean the sound is. Okay, so we're in 1973, the album Catch a Fire. The Bob Marley and the Wailers released an album called uh, Catch a Fire. Yes. And like you said, the album title means uh, "Burn in Hell" because it's is it taken it's taken from one of the songs or is it just referenced one of the songs? So there's this, there's a song called Slave Driver. Yeah, Wikipedia says uh, this marks the essential message of the song Slave Driver. Catch a fire means burn in hell. In which yeah, Bob Marley so, cl- conveys clearly his negative attitude towards slavery and oppression. <laughs> All right, high yeah. school <laughs> like English paper. <laughs> Web- Come on, dude. Webster's <laughs> Dictionary defines burn in hell as... <laughs> Uh, okay. Hey, let's just, let's start talking about Slave Driver then. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. Since we're already talking about it. Wow. Let's make it official. Let's do it. Only to 
So this is a song uh, about the legacy of slavery. Mm -hmm. Um, Verse one, I'll just read the whole thing. Every time I hear the crack of a whip, my blood runs cold. I remember on the slave ship how they brutalize our very souls. Now, I um, can only assume that he is speaking as a... um, sort of metaphorically and that he wasn't literally <laughs> like on some sort of like a uh, uh, slave ship that didn't get the memo or something. Well, um, I mean, I think he's, in- he's also tapping into just sort of like the collective memory and the, the ways yes. that trauma is like sort of uh, passed down and reverberates through generations and generations. Cause the next two lines say today, they say we are free only to be chained in poverty. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, making the connection like we are still enslaved because of the legacy of slavery, even if the chains are um, not as visible. Yeah, there are, I've definitely heard that argument made that the shift in the Industrial Revolution from uh, like chattel slavery to what is called wage slavery was yes. uh, not so much a difference in kind so much as a difference of degree and... Uh, is also pretty. Uh, how, how does that argument go? There, are, there are people who say that like the the wage slavery of this kind of system is in some ways actually worse because you you have to like fend for yourself for housing and and uh, and food and stuff while being exploited too. And uh, I don't, I don't, I'm no expert in like how how valid these arguments are, and I would be. I would be uh, not surprised if there are some people who uh, think that that's kind of an offensive argument to make. Right. Yeah, that seems pretty fraught. But I think it yeah. is. I think it is safe to say that um, when uh, chattel, chattel, fuck, when chattel slavery was um, made not illegal. Sorry. Mm, try again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Made not <laughs> when illegal. When it was abolished. God Cameron, it. here's here's a not fun fact about uh, chattel is uh, it came from the sa- same root word as cat cattle. Yes, we've said this on the show. Oh, we did. Before. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. When it was abolished, um, you know, like the Thirteenth Amendment, I believe, is the one that says you can't. I think the wording is something to the effect of you can't uh, enslave people unless unless um, uh, they're. Um, in prison yes basically great document about that called the the 13th if people haven't seen it go check it out so yeah like um there are still ways that um race-based slavery is uh people are trying to hold on in whatever way they can um Mm -hmm. so i i think it's pretty obviously better than it was um but it is uh than it was at one point Mm-hmm. Uh, for a long time but um people are still trying to get back to they're trying to make america great again yes <laughs> you could say exactly <laughs> yeah yeah um or one one could say if one were uh very racist and evil <laughs> <laughs> just hypothetically which, which more than one are <laughs> uh-huh so yeah, yeah yeah so anyway to to bring it all back to the song yeah he's saying that yes uh it's like literal chattel slavery is not the way anymore for lots of people uh in this racialized underclass that uh used to yeah. be a couple hundred years ago but like the i think i think he, he does an interesting thing where he draws the continuity from that to the poverty where it's like the cause of the poverty is the oppression of slavery, but then also yes. the poverty itself becomes 
a form of slavery, right? Which uh, is kind of a sophisticated argument to make in in this song. Yeah. Now, um, do you think when they say the table has turned, what do you think that do you think that has a specific meaning or just a general like we're going to com- continue to emancipate ourselves? I think. I mean, if we're going off the idea that catch a fire means burning in hell, I think the idea is the tables have turned and now you're burning in hell and we're like watching you <laughs> and uh, gotcha. You can get burned now. The table has turned, y'all, so you can get burned. Uh, so yeah, they're they're watching the slave driver getting burned in hell, and I guess that means they're not in hell. Yeah. Yeah, but what does that mean? Uh, I don't think they're being metaphysical, are they? Like they're not talking about like a like a uh, modern Christian idea of hell or something. Like, what do they mean? Uh, well, why, why? If it's metaphorical, what is it referring to? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you think that it would be a, a like a sort of Christian-like version of hell? Are because um, I mean, I guess what you're saying, you're saying that it's literal and that they're saying because uh, you were a slave driver, now you're being tortured in for eternity. Like, that's what you think this song is about? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, oh. yeah, there's there's not a ton of context given. Um, in fact, like if I didn't if I hadn't read on Wikipedia that catch a fire means burn in hell. I would be fairly lost in the chorus uh, because... But it says you're going to get burned. It seems like something is about to happen. But he also says you can get burned now. Right. You can get burned baby now. (laughs) 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 And we all know what that means. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I I mean, I, I don't know, dude. It's... Yeah, I... Because also it's like... Okay let's take let's tackle it from this angle is is this song when it says slave driver you're going to get burned is that addressing a historical figure or is it addressing the inheritors of the slave driver the ones who chain people in poverty and uh participate in spreading illiteracy and the machine that makes money as verse one says yeah i i wonder if this song is sort of related to 400 years the other song that we'll probably end up talking about which is talking about um, revolution and like um, reclaiming their original home and stuff. And maybe part of that is uh, uh, overturning the modern day slave drivers. Right. Or, I mean, it can be about both too. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be about a historical slave driver burning in a literal hell and also the ways that the coming revolution is going to uh, dismantle the systems of oppression of the inheritors of the slave driver. Um, I really like the phrase catch a fire, meaning like, you know, you're going to hell. I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. It's like catch these hands. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Catch. It's interesting because it's like catch a fire because generally, you know, there's a phrase to catch fire or something. It, this song so robbie shakespeare isn't playing bass on this uh, on this song instead it's aston and then in print uh not parentheses quotations family man barrett yeah we talked about that guy did we yeah we talked about him on one of the i think first or second episodes about bob marley yeah he's uh yeah. he's a ju- as with robbie shakespeare he is a uh a uh a, a well-recognized figure among bassists and uh considering how much time i spent on talkbase.net 
he's one of those names of people where it's like everyone's constantly talking about him and i was like oh yeah i guess he must be a really good musician even though i've never really like sought him out or listened to him well he's he's often at home like um doing the laundry oh yes or like going to his kids like soccer games and stuff he's a real stay-at-home dad yeah this song makes me wonder, like, to, like, what are the economic and political principles of the Rastafarian movement? Are they like, are they like a, a socialist, like, communal, uh, anti-capitalist movement? It seems like they might be, just based on some of the stuff that I've I've read about them. Yeah, they're generally not saying like, and then we'll have all of the money and power. Right. <laughs> they're just saying we'll be free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it it seems pretty different from um, what I've often heard called black capitalism, um, mm-hmm. like that that's present in uh, a lot of hip hop, for instance, which is like um, our salvation um, a, as a people um, is is tied to our acquisition of wealth and our ability to survive in this system. Um, mm-hmm. like some people have criticized Jay-Z for, for instance, for like saying, yeah, this is how we know that, um, uh, black folks are, uh, coming up in this world and like, um, gaining freedom is our ability to get, uh, stupidly rich. He's not a businessman. He's a business man. Yeah. <laughs> which, which led uh, my, I, I riffed on that one time, which I thought was probably the, the most clever tweet I ever, I ever tweet, I ever twat. Um, <laughs> I was, I I wrote, (laughs) (laughs) that's fair. I wrote, I'm not a garbage man. I'm a garbage man. (laughs) I was very proud of that. And then immediately after tweeting that, I think I quit Twitter for the second time and haven't been back in months. It's, it's better to not be on Twitter. Yeah. And that's why we haven't updated our Twitter in a while. Yep. I haven't touched it. It's definitely it's definitely for boundaries and uh, not because of laziness. Oh, totally. Yeah, it was a very conscious decision that we decided to make collectively together. This is self-care. Yeah, oh. On purpose. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mhm. On purpose self-care. All right. Uh should we actually talk about another song? Yes. Should we I mean, should we go Let's, yeah, just straight up 400 to, years. Uh, I th- I think years. we've talked about a different version because this album has at least more at least two songs, 400 Years and Stop That Train that we've heard before, but different versions. So let's listen to 400 Years. That's fun. You, you you probably won't hear it in the in the podcast version, but uh, the clavinet was like bouncing around from the left and right channel. That's kind of fun. I love a good clavinet. Yeah, it's a really interesting sound. Is it crazy? Is it clav. an electronic instrument? Is like when was it yeah. invented? Okay. Yeah. So there was a thing called the clavichord, which is sort of an analog, non-electronic. Uh, a portable keyboard that was played a lot in like the baroque and classical it's times baroque, like before, don't fix it yeah before the piano was like actually regularly being used it was a mm-hmm. um yeah kind of like a mini harpsichord um you could just sort of yeah it's basically like a modern day keyboard except for with strings um and yeah i'm pretty sure the clavinet was uh kind of based on that 
um, and has it's electronic, but it is analog. Like I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it originally isn't using samples um, or right, and I don't think it's like um, I don't think it's synthesized either. I'm not actually sure. Look in the show notes wait. for a description <laughs> of what a clavinet is. <laughs> can it be wait? Can it be an electronic instrument and not be synthesized? Um, yeah, because I think the whole point of Mm, I mean, that's a good point. Or no, well, you're right. It's it's an no, electrically no, no, be, amplified clavichord. It yeah. sounds like it's it's it it is to the clavichord what an electric guitar is to the acoustic guitar, basically. Right, right, right. Because like an electric guitar isn't synthesized. Like there's actually right. a string, or like a, a Wurlitzer piano or a Fender Rhodes. Like there's still metal tines that need to be tuned and stuff in there. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> It's not like uh, manipulating a waveform. Mm-hmm. Not uh, is that what I mean? Oh God, I'm really out of my depth. Um, I wish I could mansplain <laughs> about this effectively. You do love to do that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that someone knows what they're talking about on this show. Hey, uh, so this is something I I know that I can talk about, um, and hopefully will redeem me. Um, for my ignorance uh mm-hmm. let's talk about the intro to this song and how there's a crazy tempo change in it that sounds kind of amazing yeah That is so like disorienting. Yeah, what a crazy choice. Yeah. It it kind of goes from a slow double time to a slower half t- or to a faster half time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like it's it's re- yeah, it's really bizarre, but it sounds fucking cool and it's like kind of impeccably executed. So, uh yeah. Yeah. Can we listen to it again? Yeah. (laughs) It's so cool. Yeah, count along with it. Four hundred years. Four hundred years. Oh boy. That just makes my head spin. What a cool choice. Because I'm like trying to figure out how how to make those beats fit into the the framework that they've created before. They don't. And they really don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not only a different tempo, but it's a different, it's a meter change. Even though it's still like um, adds up to four, it's it's a different feel of those four beats. So. That must have been so hard to play when they were like. Yeah, it's playing. like how did they conceive of that? Like, I, I yeah. haven't heard that much reggae other than what we've already listened to, but like that seems very, I don't know, uh, creative and unprecedented. Yeah, yeah, cool stuff. Um, Four hundred years. More, I nope, had one more ahead. sample yep. from this that I wanted to share. Ooh, is it a clavinet? Is, uh, no, it's not a clavinet. It's a different keyboard sound, and it's it sounds like some sort of uh old electric organ or something uh, i don't know what it is but i think it actually is synthesized and it sounds super cool old electric organ is my old, the nickname they used to call me It's buried a little bit in the mix, but yes. if you can like sort of zero in on it, it's real crunchy sounding. Yeah, it's I a like good it. sound. Um, yeah. Uh, obligatory vibrator joke. 
for electric organ. Okay. Oh and yeah. Move, move yeah, along. Yeah. Yeah. Move yeah. Right along. <laughs> Don't Great. even need to touch that. Okay. Nope. 400 years um, of the same philosophy and the people they still can't see. This one is, is written by Peter Tosh. And I'm starting to think I don't like Peter Tosh's lyric writing, at least as much as I like Bob Marley's. Um, because the last one, Slave Driver, was written by Bob Marley. And this one's written by Peter Tosh. And it's, it's less specific. And it's a little bit more just yeah. kind of like aphorisms he has this one verse why do they fight against the youth of today and without youths you'd be gone all gone astray it's a little bit didactic it's just like this is the point of this song kind of put as baldly as possible right yeah and also like i don't know is that the point of the song because it's like for a hundred years of like oppression and the legacy and the experience of slavery and drawing connections to like biblical period of exile and stuff is does it really have that much to do with like the youth of today you know yeah i i don't really know i i don't understand that connection yeah it, it kind of just sounds like a, a generalized sentiment you might have heard in like a hippie song or my generation by the who where it's like okay there's a lot of energy at this time in popular music to say like you know hey young people right young people right yeah i mean <laughs> What's the deal with young people? <laughs> mm-hmm. Peter Tosh yeah. is the Jerry Seinfeld of, of reggae. Of course. <laughs> do 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 do. Do you know that that famous the famous uh, uh, Seinfeld slap and bass? It's actually played on a keyboard. That's a synth. Yeah, it's not a slap bass. By Aston Family Man Barrett. <laughs> okay, no, it wasn't. <laughs> he was too. Bu- he was busy with his kids that day. He he couldn't. <laughs> Uh, uh, come with me, you black and you brown. You got to be free. Stop sitting down on your pride. Just can't hide. 400 years. 400 years. Yeah. So come with me to the land of liberty where we can live, live our lives and be free. So he's he's saying some similar things and I appreciate what he's talking about. I It's not my favorite way that I've heard it expressed. Like I said, yeah. I, think, I think Bob Marley has a more interesting take on the lyrics of uh of similar ideas yeah yeah i agree yeah i love the music of this one though i like it more than the last version mm-hmm. oh yeah totally a lot of minor key in this album yeah pretty spooky yeah there stuff. is hey you want to talk about kinky reggae uh yeah <laughs> so this is a weird song oh, baby. speaking of minor key right on see i just can't sit This is a song that I don't necessarily know what the overarching idea is and what it's necessarily like about, but I definitely trust that it is about something and seems very specifically about something. Man, this this genius annotation is pretty rough. Oh yeah? Which one? Candy tar could be oh. a metaphor for a woman's <laughs> downstairs. <laughs> As it feels like tar, but is sweet like candy. What? It feels like tar? Is this like a 40-year-old version, like, bags of sand kind of thing? <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> Someone. <laughs> it's like tar. Yeah. Also, the sweet, like, candy is, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, arguable. I yeah, it's sweet. 
I'm not. I'm not saying it's not like. I okay. I'm not saying anything, <laughs> but. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's. Just, I, I'm saying it's a stretch. Yes. And I mean, unless Maybe she like eats a lot emotionally, of metaphorically, think... you could say that, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but tar. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this, there are a lot of lines in this song that are either about drugs or are really dirty lines about sex. <clears throat> First one, mm-hmm. I went downtown. Oh boy. You're already starting out strong there. I saw <laughs> Miss Brown. She had brown sugar all over her booga wooga. <laughs> Uh, okay. And then, uh, verse you two, know. I went, I went down to Piccadilly Circus down there. I saw Marcus. That's a fun rhyme. I like that. He had a candy tar all over his chocolate bar. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, but I think this, I think those lines are about drugs, brown sugar. So he had like, drugs on his dick. <laughs> chocolate bar. Well, the other genius annotator says that uh, candy tar is opium and chocolate bar is hashish. Okay. That seems that seems that makes more sense to me. It does. Yeah. Cuz that it just would be kind of an odd way for him to talk about sexual things and he's never really talked about sexual things in that kind of way that we've seen from him before. Not that I think we've seen him talk about drugs this way either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a, a little more pu- well, he's a little more just like kind of nice and like vague about sex in the way that a lot of old songwriters are. Right. Yeah. Like we're like the inside, the inside dance or the outside dance, like that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. the bedroom dance. It's not not about sex. It's as sexy as he gets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, but then, like, so he has all that imagery about what seems to be drugs, but could be interpreted as odd sex. Uh, <laughs> Not not odd sex stuff, but phrased in an odd way. Um, but then he says about both these situations, I think I might join the fun, but I had to hit and run. Hit and run. See, that that makes me think it's drugs. Hit and run. Yeah, it's a fun I think this little is drugs. I like that. This is drugs, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Then he says, see, I just can't settle down in a kinky part of town. So it seems like he's in London, Piccadilly Circus. And oh. does that, so it, it's like, it's the first song that we've seen that's like explicitly his experience that's not set in Jamaica. I think, I think right. it's the first one we've seen from him where, where it's, he's explicitly saying he's, he's uh, elsewhere. He's in, he's in London. But when he says, I just can't settle down in a kinky part of town. Is he saying that like, he doesn't want to spend time where like the black immigrants are in London? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, the kink, the word kinky is definitely different than, than I use it every day in my day to day. I mean, that's, that's another thing that has like some pretty strong, different meanings. Kinky is in like sex kinks, but also kinky is in hair. Right. And, oh, oh, you know what? This could be a good time to, to check out these, uh, these resources <gasps> that Carlos got us on. Ah, yes. Our favorite urban dictionary. <laughs> nope. Yeah. No, no, that's not the right place to search for kinky Cameron. That's bad. Don't do that. I'm talking about um, JamaicanPatois.com oh, and uh, uh, NiceUp.com. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, neither pull it them, up. Pull it up. Neither, neither of them have kinky, Cameron. Okay. <sighs> well. 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 I don't know what to do with this Bob Marley. <laughs> yeah, but then see, like, by, by the chorus, it seems to be a positive thing. Kinky reggae, take me away. Kinky reggae yeah. now. All I've got to say, kinky reggae now. It's got to be kinky reggae. Uh, yeah, so it's... Can you put in JamaicanPatois.com Skabadulia Bung, baby? Uh, I can try. 
Okay. Because that's someone transcribed that in the genius lyrics, and I don't remember if that's an accurate transcription or not. I uh, don't really see that. No. Okay. Where Skabadulia Bung, baby. Kuka, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. Hmm. It's hard to say to the extent that I uh, trust some of these genius transcribers. Is it is it possible that this is a like yeah we're just we're all having fun here and that that's just all that's going on? Could be, could yeah. be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like, but yeah, that's like the the lines. I just I just can't settle down in a kinky kinky part of town. I'm leaving you today. Maybe uh, I don't know, dude. It's an interesting song. It's also like it's very minor key, and it hmm, it kind of makes me think that he views some of this drug activity as like a little bit sordid or right. Uh, this is like a rude boy thing. Is yeah. he saying I am a rude boy or I don't condone rude boyism. Rude, rude boyism. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wonder what Bob Marley's and, uh, the Rastafarian movement as a broader movement, um, what their views of harder drugs are like heroin. Right. Um, or opium. Yeah, because it seems to me that I, I would imagine that whatever um, marijuana they were smoking back then probably wasn't as intense as it is now. Now that people are I've like heard that. breeding it um, to be uh, super strong or have really specific effects. Um, like, I would, I would imagine that using it as a sacrament wouldn't be sustainable um, you know, like putting it on, as it were, in the morning, put it mm-hmm. on in the evening. You probably couldn't do that if yeah, it was as strong as it is today. You couldn't really do that with Matt Nuska Thunderfuck. Like, at that, you'd, <laughs> you'd just fall apart pretty quickly, I think. Yeah. Uh, although he does, there is that one song where he's like, uh, I, I, was it? I, I drink from the cup and then I get the red eyes. So, I right. Don't know. Yeah, I but I, I could But maybe see... that's just more of the, the smoke inhalation aspect of it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I don't know. It's This song raises a lot of questions for me. <laughs> okay. I wish we had Carlos um, back. <laughs> yeah. Carlos, tell us Carlos, what the fuck help. is going on. <laughs> We're drowning. <laughs> we, tried the, we tried the dictionaries that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos... <laughs> or is a woman's downstairs like tar we don't know <laughs> <laughs> are the boobs like bags of sand <laughs> oh, oh boy all right let's talk about it. let's move on to a different one what else you want to talk about i want to talk about um let's do stop that train let's stop right, that let's, train let's again the other song that is recycled but improved tried my best last it's uh it's slower than the version that we talked about last week and yes. uh the bass seems like a little bit more uh, bouncy and staccato and uh mm-hmm. kind of like really adds a lot of energy to what could be a well, I, <laughs> I was gonna say like when you take a song and slow it you, there's a danger of it becoming dull and i don't want to make it sound like sure. like i I, uh, I think reggae is dull or you know these these musicians are dull it's like when you take a song and slow it down it's good that the bass player is like really 
adding some energy to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit in Slayer, in some of the Slayer albums and songs. Oh, yeah, when they played this where song. Where they would yeah. have a... Yeah. <laughs> where they would have a, uh, a slower tempo that was more full of notes. So you can have a slower beat, but still be playing fast. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just depends on how you divide the measures. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of activity in this slower song. Um, mm-hmm. Something I appreciated that you just heard in that uh, sound sample is in the verses, uh, there basically isn't a groove. Like they drop right. the reggae groove and it feels it wasn't more even like drumming. A, yeah, it feels more like a, like a part in a gospel song that's just sort of, yeah. um, you know, it's stretched out. And then it comes back in for the chorus. And I kind of like that little juxtaposition. Like, that's a neat arranging trick. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that I really like in this version is... um, So, it is common in in blues forms um, to have uh, dominant seven chords um, that go from one chord into the other. That's what a dominant seven chord does uh it usually makes you want to resolve to another chord um Mm -hmm. so if you put a dominant seven if you turn a one chord into a dominant seven it wants to go to a four i can show you real quick on the old banjo hopefully this is in tune close enough okay so like if um stop the train i'm leaving you could go like this stop the train i'm leaving it wants to resolve there like that um, so there's a really, often, if you do a dominant seven chord in, in arrangements with like sort of like blues tonality, you'll start with the chord without a seven, then you'll add the seven, and then you'll move to the next chord, and then you'll add to the se- seven, you know, so it's like you state the chord and then add an extension, but there's mm-hmm. a really cool moment in this, in the organ, where when it moves to the four chord, um, it has, it voices the seven, on the bottom right away and it just adds this real crunchy tension um so it's at the very beginning of the phrase i believe in this uh sound sample uh there is it starts on the five and then you'll hear it go to the uh uh, third inversion seventh chord it's a four chord so um yeah it's a really cool Mm -hmm. sound i'll point it out great okay it's coming up right here you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, it really, so, what does that remind me of? Duh, that note right there. Oh, um, it's, it reminds me of a lot of um, uh, Up in the Air by Sister Rosetta Tharp. Something about oh. that, like, uh, that, that arrangement and that chord progression, that sense of pull makes me think of that song. Yeah. I like that it starts that pull right at the beginning of the chord. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a little more tension than you would typically get in that kind of arrangement. Um, another thing in this song that was really cool is uh, there is a four chord at the end of this phrase, and you think that it's going to go from a four to a one. But it goes four to flat major six and back to one. Um, and you mostly hear it voiced in the bass. So when you hear the bass do something dissonant, that's when it's changing. Here. 
I think his kid was waving at him and he was momentarily distracted and just accidentally played a, a, a flat six major chord. Because <laughs> it's the family man. Hey, get it? See? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, a, what a sweet, benign uh, joke. <laughs> it's not very funny, but it's it is just funny. sort of nice. It's not clever and it's kind of the same thing over and over again, but it, it doesn't yeah. hurt anyone. Yeah, it's just like good, clean family fun. Yeah. That's what we offer here on this show. <laughs> it's a real family fun center. We got putt-putt over here. We got bowling. We got some bumper cars, as long as you promise not to have too much horseplay. Wow, that's such a, uh, that's such a regional reference to anyone who's been near Wilsonville, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they don't have family, fun, family centers fun centers anywhere else other than Wilsonville, you think? I don't know, right in. Like, I, I've never heard of one. I think well, it's the only family fun center, um, officially and unofficially. Well, Cameron, a rose by any other, other name, you know? <laughs> I am, I'm searching family fun center. Here's one in, in Whitman called Carousel Family Fun Center. Okay. Here's one on Lawton Avenue called Forest's Family Fun Center. It's one in Fairhaven. Yeah, they're all over the place. And for some mysterious reason, Fenway Park showed up, which is not Do a family fun center. Do they all have putt putt and bumper cars? Uh, one of them is bowling centric. Uh, a lot of them seem to be indoors. One of them is a roller. Sk- a lot of them are roller skating rinks, actually. Oh boy! Now that's family fun. Yeah, here's family fun. I'm a fa- way. I'm a fa- Speaking as a family man. Yes. Roller skating, fun. It is fun for yes. all of us. For everyone. Yeah. You're not allowed to not like it. Do you have anything else to say about the song? We kind of already talked about it a bunch last week. Yeah, we talked about the lyrics and everything. Yeah, mostly it's just the different music, uh, okay. which is pretty cool. I like it. Um, well, you, let's talk you about a concrete, a concrete jungle. Yes. So, the genius says about this song, Bob Marley wrote Concrete Jungle after he had moved from Jamaica to the United States to join his mother who was living there at the time. Hmm. Yeah, so I guess he must have moved to a more urbanized environment because yes. the song title is Concrete Jungle. Um, and he has some really interesting imagery. No sun will shine in my day today. The high yellow moon won't come out to play. Oh, That's an interesting choice of words, high yellow. Yeah, it really is. Do you know what a high yellow is? I mean, like, in at least American, like, old American... Uh, racist racial slang. vernacular. Racist <laughs> yeah. vernacular, it means, like, someone who's half black. Uh, well, it par- means... Or partially yeah. black and white. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, sometimes someone who is mixed might have a sort of a yellow tone to their skin. Um, yeah, I doubt that's what he means to uh, allude to. Right. It's just uh, it's just an interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> if he had and, said, I mean, for we already know that the moon is high up. We get that. So you don't necessarily well, sometimes, need to say that. You know. Well, yeah. But like, well, no, it is high. <laughs> Just period. No, I mean, sometimes it feels like it's right there, you know? Okay. Sometimes it's just like holding it right in your hand. You know, when the moon hits your eye, uh huh. Like a big pizza pie. Uh huh. Um, Let us go then, you and I. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, (laughs) like a patient (laughs) ethanized upon a table. (laughs) 
Uh, is uh, that a poem? Yeah, that's uh, the love song of J. Alfred. Um, that's Amore. Great. <laughs> you want to tell, tell me what this? What else about this song do you I have said, to say? Things darkness about? has covered my light <laughs> and has changed my day into night. Where is the love to be found? Won't someone tell me? Must be somewhere to be found instead of concrete jungle where the living is hardest concrete jungle man you've got to do your best um yeah he's he's just struggling i think i think a lot of it is he it well i like the imagery in the beginning of the verse where it's he's surrounded by it almost feels like he's surrounded by skyscrapers that are kind of blocking the sun and he's just in the shade of these massive gleaming just uh monoliths that surround him um and then it's also like that part sort of gets like mixed up with his feeling of loneliness being in this foreign country where he doesn't know anyone and life must be somewhere to be found has got to be out there somewhere for me instead of concrete jungle and then uh of course at this time this is what 1973 at this time like the inner core of most american cities was not doing well yeah like uh The phenomenon of white flight had uh, gutted a lot of cities. Um, And this is also around the time when factories started shutting down and some of the jobs that paid well started moving out and jobs became more white collar. And there was this whole confluence of mostly racist uh, factors that combined to sort of conspire to make the inner cities of America uh, really struggle. And it sounds like... Mm-hmm. is represented in the lyrics uh no chains around my feet but i'm not free i know i am bound here in captivity yeah so he's making that connection again this is still slavery like this is still i'm still being oppressed even though it's not as visible you know what this reminds me of cameron this reminds mm-hmm. me of uh what martin luther king jr was getting into <laughs> in some of his last years like the the poor people's march and yeah. uh he was he was taking his crusade into economic inequality yeah and people didn't like it when he got intersectional (laughs) he they really didn't and yeah they've sanitized him so much to the point that i think lots of people don't even realize that he was trying to fight for poor people of all races including um poor people in vietnam (laughs) right yeah yeah Yeah. so uh yeah this is uh this is an interesting song i he gets a little bit like i don't know I feel like he overstates his case a little bit in the verse two, where he says, I've never known happiness. I've never known what sweet caress is. Yeah. And then he says, still, I'll be laughing like a clown. Won't someone help me? Got to pick myself up off the ground or from off the ground. rather. It seems like kind of like a throwaway line. He doesn't really develop. It's like, if there's meaning behind still, I'll always be laughing like a clown. Right. Is he trying to say like, I will find hope in this dark place, but he doesn't really develop it. Right. So it seems like it's just trying to set up. Uh, I've got to pick myself from off the ground. Yeah. It almost rhyme, feels like he's, wise. yes. <laughs> yeah. Rhyme wise. It almost feels like, yeah. um, he's saying he's, he's trying to remain positive even in this, in this situation. But yeah. if he is saying that he's not saying it super clearly, um but yeah this is like a pretty powerful song lyrically lots of really good imagery about yeah just being in this this foreign like barren wasteland of a skyline yeah it's it's really it's really powerful i like it a lot musically it's pretty impressive especially as like the first track on this new sound that they have which is uh they're using different arrangements but also it's like highly produced um yeah, can you play the intro and just take a listen to that clavinet? Yeah, once again, 
Yeah. Yeah. That actually kind of reminds me of the intro to Superstitious. Yeah. Uh, th- and then there's a really tasty uh, uh, clav riff um, pretty late in the song. Do you want to play that too? Oh, I, I like that you named the file uh, Concrete Jungle Taste Clav Riff. Do you taste this clav riff? Cameron, you know what? I think I will. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. I will taste it. Fuck yeah, that is so cool. Baka, 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 baka. <laughs> uh, um, there's cool. there's also some pretty like amazing vocal counterpoint um, where the background vocals and Bob are singing the same thing, but at different speeds. Mm. It sounds really crazy. Interesting. And it's very effective. Shit, it's like its own acapella arrangement. <laughs> it's like listening yeah. to like pentatonics or something cover this song. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, what, what's the one that, that's at U of O? Um, glass half full. Oh. Uh, no jacket, no tie. Uh, no shirt, no shoes, no problem. Uh, fuck, what are they called? <laughs> Straight no chaser? Uh, Straight no. no chaser. Is that it? Is that it? That is one. I don't know if that's, that's homophobic. One. Yeah, okay. Um, man, you just s- said so many things in a <laughs> row that are just like kind of offensive to my sensibilities. Um, <laughs> You're and welcome. I even like pentatonics, but uh, <laughs> what you I just like hate about this vocal groups, don't you? <laughs> what I like about this vocal arrangement is that it doesn't really make any sense in like a way that you could put on paper, but it just it kind of like fluxes with itself and like it's um, on the rocks cameron on the rocks on the rocks that's the same thing like, straight a, no chase around what the a rocks. party what a party school yeah <laughs> it is sorry i interrupted you what were you saying our education is on the rocks <laughs> <laughs> well i guess <laughs> uh yeah i just yeah musically like it i think it um it feels tense and dramatic and helps sell the lines like I've never known happiness, which aren't as strong. Right. Yeah. 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 I can see that. Yeah. This is a, this is a really strong song. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. You have an, uh, another song you want to talk about? Well, um, I guess we should talk about stir it up, right? We should talk about stir it up. Yeah. that i laughed during the middle of that sound sample but i just read the lyrics for the first time uh-huh verse two i will push the wood stir it stir it stir it together then i blaze your fire then i will satisfy your heart's desire push the wood you don't say <laughs> uh yeah so this is a very literal song well no about it's... manual labor <laughs> okay i thought you're Okay, you're doing a bit. I get it. Okay, continue. Okay. <laughs> your recipe, darling, is so tasty when you show and stir your pot. He yep. likes it when she cooks. When you show your pot. 
and stir it. Is that a double now, meaning? Is, There's, is this about weed at all? Cameron, that's the thing. Is uh, it's it's one of the contributors on the Rap Genius. I've I've just now spontaneously decided as a throwback to refer to the website only as RapGenius.com. <laughs> so this contributor on RapGenius.com says that the general consensus for the song is that it is talking about making love. There is, however, debate regarding whether or not it is actually talking about marijuana as the quote baby. <laughs> and that's from Anish S. Like the baby is marijuana to see what we could do marijuana yeah. ooh, 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 just I, me and you I don't <laughs> think seems... I don't think it's the baby necessarily yeah stir up that baby come on <laughs> <laughs> come on and stir it up I will say little darling stir it up come on marijuana yeah, hmm. yeah I don't know about it that it seems like this is like a quintuple entendre or something like yeah. we're talking about uh, making a literal fire we're talking about preparing marijuana we're talking about fucking yeah um yeah stir it up we're talking like that's about, a like relational dynamics maybe uh i don't know yeah that's that's like such a, a powerful like physical uh visceral image that i don't see used that often in other songs <laughs> hey i Vis- don't see visceral it. image <laughs> talking about getting up in them guts <laughs> yeah i mean I, it's not not about getting up in them guts. <laughs> Just stir it all around up in there, you know, like a, like a dipstick. Ah, <laughs> like a stir I w- stick. I will push the wood. I, Nathan, huh? look at me. I will, pu- I will push the wood. It sounds threatening when you put it that way. Then, then. Just make I sure you got your consent first. Uh, then yeah. I will satisfy oh. your heart's desire. Oh, oh okay. That is it, the order. Does it of have operations. to be in that order? <laughs> I can't have one and then the other. All right. Uh, nope. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. I, th- I think you're honest with me. I, it, it can. It can be about. It can be about uh, more than one thing. It can be about fucking and also smoking that kind kind bud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stir it up. Come on, marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> this is a. I like this song. It's it's very sweet and uh, kind of sexy, but also. Yeah little naughty and uh yeah it's probably it's the kind also of song you would want your father-in-law to sing uh <laughs> to you and your betrothed on the day before your wedding yeah <laughs> oh god <laughs> with your good friend playing banjo <laughs> precisely yeah just hypothetically yeah. speaking it's that kind of song that you would want that to happen during yes. that situation <laughs> hypothetically <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, here's someone on the rapgenius.com. Uh, Scott Marshall says, that guitar solo is better than sex. Uh-huh. But is it better than smoking pot? That's the question. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Hmm, indeed. Hmm. They've given us a lot to think about here. Much, yes. much to ponder. Much to ponder. Yeah. The other person says it was uh, composed in 1967, written for his wife, Rita. Whoa. Yeah. That's that, nice. Yeah. That's also, like, before... For, was that before their first album came out, or was that 1965 that it came out? I don't. Know. It might. I think <laughs> this it was 65. other. Hmm? This other annotation just says uh, for, for the lines, "Come on and cool me down, baby, when I am hot." Ooh 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 ooh. Um, it just <laughs> says in bold text, "Double entendre," <laughs> and then in bulleted, he wants her to calm him down anytime he gets angry or frustrated at or with anything. Wait, what? <laughs> I, and then I, and then it says he wants her to fulfill his sexual desires. Hmm, I don't know about that. And then apropos of absolutely nothing is a it's a, it's like the keep calm and carry on except for it says keep calm and take me down to the paradise city. 
<laughs> what? That's this is not... the most garbage website that's ever been made. Craftgenius.com sucks. There's some... <sighs> Although there's this charming exchange on the line, I will push the wood. There's an annotation here where someone, <laughs> someone says, Bob says he will do the physical labor in the relationship, likely a metaphor stating, saying that he will do what he believes a man must do. And then Joshua Lucas marks it as a stretch and says, he is talking about sexual intercourse here. No punctuation. <laughs> Ah, uh, just schooling, schooling that, whoever that was. Whew. It took two of them to, to say nope. that he will do the physical labor in the relationship. Uh-huh. What a garbage. See, Cameron, you know what? You know why? You know why uh, this song has bad annotations on the rapgenius.com website? Uh, it's because it's really popular. This is one of his biggest yes. songs. And so there's a Everyone bunch of- Everyone has something to say about yeah, this. Yeah, there's a bunch of ding-dongs just like thinking that they can talk about it, even though this is probably stir, like- Stir up that candy tar. <laughs> Stir up the kinky reggae. Yeah. Candy well, tar. Ugh. This, this album was great. I'm excited to listen to more yeah. stuff like this. Yeah, dude. I really enjoyed it. It's very good. Yes. Yes. Yeah, what's... Yes. Yes. Uh, next one is called Burnin' with, a, uh, with an apostrophe replacing the G of burning. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So cash. <laughs> oh, this one has a get up, stand up, and I shot the sheriff on it. Holy shit. Oh, I can't wait. Big, big hits. Oh, I can't wait to see what the stupid ding-dongs on www.rapgenius.com are going to say about it. <laughs> or or do, did, I, did I ever force you to watch the um, Brian Butterfield videos? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. As <laughs> the way he, he reads uh, web addresses is the best. He says, W, double W dot. <laughs> or no, he says point double or W, double W point rap genius point com. Call now. <laughs> you should put a link in the show notes to, to the, the Butterfield diet yeah, yeah, sketch. Yeah, yeah. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Uh, pizza. Birthday pod. <laughs> Bon, 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 bon. Shall we? Shall we wrap this up? Oh, hoist and crispy Before owl. You dictate more inter- internet. <laughs> Let me just gems. relive some of my favorite moments and lines. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, this has been think outside the box set, uh, and can, it will continue to be and think it, outside. And it the will box have set. been next think week. outside the box set next week. Also, indeed, you can visit us online at box set. Always was going to be. Oh man, it's like predestined. Yeah. God, since before uh, time began, has or preordained us to make this show right now. Yeah, God knew about it in our when we were when it was in our womb of our brain. Our yeah, collective Cameron, this brain. podcast, what? this podcast, save is, me. This podcast is fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> oh boy, I hope people appreciate our, our stupid uh, in jokes too. Uh, weird religious upbringings oh boy uh, yeah okay email us at email at box website go on our just go on our discord don't email us don't tweet at us just go on our discord <laughs> yeah, just discord just us. discord us i i'm done with classes this weekend um i will have been done by the time you hear this so i think i'll be able to go back and on the Nathan's discord going i can't to respond wait. to every discord every single one yeah since he it's started gonna be, going back to school it's gonna be so fucking discordant all up in here you can also write us a review on iTunes. Click jam those stars. Slam that subscribe. Jam and, that uh, keyboard. Check, check out my other show, Get Up in the Cool. It is a show 
about, and it also is old time music, uh, traditional music, mostly from Appalachia, but also other regions um, are all around the world. But definitely emanating from Appalachia. Tomorrow's episode, at the time of this episode's release, um, is with Becky Hill, who's like a traditional flatfooter. And there's a full video episode. And y'all should check it out because she's super good and super silly. And it's a great episode. I, w- I wanted to make a Dr. Scholl's joke of some kind. But like even even the, the stupid things I could think of were not uh she was able to avoid the draft because she's so good at Uh, flash okay Mm -hmm. that's that's something that's better than the dr shoals angle i was working on okay we'll workshop it we'll we'll we'll, uh we'll reconvene next week and talk about our our best uh, punch-ups of that joke Mm -hmm. yep all right well until next week i'm nathan hunt and i'm a family guy uh i mean uh a family man and i've been camera do it and i feel like tar but i'm sweet like candy (laughs) Ooh. Got a little punchy near the end. And I got the old classes thing going on, so yeah, uh, pretty much done with them now. So oh, great! Yes, it is great. Are yes. you learn? Did you learn a lesson? I learned the whole lesson. A valuable life lesson about coding, <laughs> well, or whatever it is you do, or whatever. Uh, yeah, more more of the whatever <laughs> about, than anything about else. About computers. Perhaps uh, the real computers were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I like that joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely formulaic, uh, but it doesn't make stop yeah. me from making it all the time because I think the, it's pretty much always hilarious. Uh, the computers were the real magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it the turns computers out were an, the destination. It turns out there there's an older, ancient magic. Computers. <laughs> <laughs> it's more mm-hmm. powerful and more primal. <laughs>